Welcome back, Heming Brainiacs, for the podcast of legendary excellence. We're talking about something called Anthony Monday. I'm going to be reading some more poetry after that by a little old person called Sir Philip Sidney. I don't know if you can hear the background noise. One of my neighbours or someone in the neighbourhood is playing music so loudly. It's probably not picking it up, but like... It's probably just coming through as a bit of background rumbling because the bass is like shaking our house crazy loud. It's going boom, 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 ding, boom, bing, bing, ding, ding, or something like that. <clears throat> anyway, uh, Anthony Monday, what do we think of this? And what is this whole hey, nonny, nonny thing that keeps cropping up in different poems? Swim says the mama fishy has the answer. Hey nonny nonny, or variations, is a nonsense refrain popular in English music during the Elizabethan era. The Violet Femmes set this poem to music in 1991. Did they really? Baiting, be, be, beauty bathing. Let's have a little look at the YouTube. Hey nonny nonny. Cool, okay. Oh, okay. Sorry. Oh my god, my neighbor's music is so loud. <clears throat> and that also made a weird echo effect because I put my speakers on and I didn't realize my microphone would come through the speakers. Anyway, that was a little, a little taste of um, violent femmes, I guess. Probably didn't even come through the microphone, so I apologise for the last 30-odd seconds of your life. Swim also said this, Anthony Monday was a poet, playwright, pamphleteer and translator. After a period as a spy in France and Italy, he returned to England in 1587 and went into acting in the London theatre. Wow, talk about an interesting life. A poet, playwright, pamphleteer, translator, spy and actor. As was the case with many other young men starting out on the stage, he began writing for the theatre and developed into a prolific writer. Most of his work was done in collaboration with other writers, mainly in large teams. Only two of his individually written plays were printed. At the same time, he wrote poems and translated several volumes of French and Spanish romances and produced numerous prose pamphlets. Monday is famous mainly for two things. He wrote two plays on the life of the legendary outlaw Robin Hood, the downfall of Robert... Earl of Huntington and the death of Robert Earl of Huntington, both written in 1585. Very cool. The other work is Sir John Oldcastle, a play about the 15th century political rebel. is one of the sources of Shakespeare's Henry IV plays. Indeed, Oldcastle is seen as the prototype of Shakespeare's Falstaff. When Henry IV Part One opened at the Globe Theatre, the character Sir John Falstaff was called Sir John Oldcastle. Well, there you go. It's funny how influential these people are. I'm only learning about them now. And that summary of this guy's life is so interesting. He did all these things. Uh, and I also found it interesting that he wrote in big teams, like a, a writer's room. It seems like such a modern thing, but of course writers wrote in teams back then as well as they do now.
Fascinating. Okay, Sir Philip Sidney is today's poet. Born 1554, died 1586. What's that? He made it to 30. Two years old. Jeez, that's young. The bargain. My true love hath my heart, and I have his. But just exchange one for another given. I hold his dear in mind he cannot miss. There never was a better bargain, bargain driven. My true love hath my heart, and I have his. His heart is in his heart in me keeps him and me in one. My heart in him, his thoughts and senses guides. He loves my heart, for once it was his own. I cherish his because in my in me it binds. My true love hath my heart and I have his. Song Who hath his fancy pleased with fruits of happy sight? Let here his eyes be raised on nature's sweetest light, a light which doth dissever, and yet unite the eyes, a light which dying never is cause the looker dies. She never dies, but lasteth in life of lover's heart, he never dies that wasteth in love his chiefest part. Thus is her life still guarded in never-dying faith. Thus is his death rewarded since she lives in his death. Look then and die, the pleasure. Doth answer well the pain, small loss of mortal treasure. Who may immortal gain? Immortal be her graces, immortal is her mind. They fit for heavenly places, this heaven in doth. In it doth bind. But eyes these beauties see not, Nor sense that grace decries, Yet eyes deprived be not From sight of her fair eyes, Which, as of inward glory, They are the outward seal, So may they live still sorry, Which die not in that wheel. But who hath fancies pleased With fruits of happy sight, Let here his eyes be raised, on nature's sweetest light. Voices at the window. Who is it that his sorry, who is it that this dark night underneath my window plaineth? It is one whom from thy sight, being our exiled, disdaineth every other vulgar light. Why alas are uh, and are you he, but not yet those fancies changed? Dear, when you find change in me, though from me you be estranged, let me change, let my change to ruin be. While in absence this will die, leave to see and leave to wonder, absence sure will help, if I can learn how myself to sunder from what in my heart doth lie. But time will these thoughts remove, time doth work, what no man knoweth. Time doth, as the subject prove, with time still the affection groweth in the faithful turtle dove. What if you new beauties see? Will not they stir new affection? I will think they pictures be, image like of saints' perfection, poorly counterfeiting thee. But your reason's purest light, birds you leave such mind to nourish, dear do reason no such spite, never doth thy beauty flourish. More than in my reason's sight. Philomela. The nightingale, as soon as April bringeth, unto her rested sense a perfect waking, 
While late bare earth, proud of new clothing, springeth, sings out her woes, a thorn, her songbook making. And mournfully bewailing, her throat in tunes ex- expresseth what grief her breast oppresseth. For, to ruse force on her chaste will prevailing, O Philomela fair, O take some gladness, that here is just a cause of plainful sadness. Thine earth now springs, mine fadeth, thy thorn without, my thorn, my heart invadeth. Alas, she hath no other cause of anguish, but Terea's love on her by strong hand broken, wherein she suffering all her spirits languish, full woman-like complains, her will was broken. But I, who daily craving cannot have to content me, have more cause to lament me, since... Wanting is more woe than too much having. Oh, Philomela fair, oh, take some gladness that here is just a cause of plaint, plaintful sadness. Thine earth now springs, mine fadeth, thy thorn without, my thorn, my heart invadeth. This one's called the Highway. Highway, since you, my chief Parnassus, be, and that my muse to some ears not unsweet, Tempers her words to trampling horses' feet More oft than to a chamber melody. Now blessed you bear onward, blessed me, To her where I may heart safe left shall meet. My muse and I must you of duty greet, With thanks and wishes, wishful thankfully. Be you still fair, honoured by public heed, By no encroachment wronged, nor time forgot, Nor blamed for blood, nor shame for sinful deed. And that you know I envy you no lot. Of highest wish I wish you so much bliss. Hundreds of years you Stella's feet may kiss. His Lady's Cruelty With how sad steps, O moon, thou climbest the skies, How silently and with how wan a face. What may it be that even in heavenly place That busy archer his sharp arrows tries? Sure, if that long with love acquainted eyes Can judge of love thou feelest a lover's case I read it in thy looks, thy languished grace To me that feel the like thy state descries Then even of fellowship, O moon, tell me Is constant love deemed there but want of wit? Are beauties there as proud as here they be? Do they above love to be loved? And yet these lovers scorn whom that love doth possess, do they call virtue their ungratefulness? This one's called Sleep. Come, sleep, O oh, sleep, the certain knot of peace, the baiting place of wit, the balm of woe, the poor man's wealth, the prisoner's release. The indifferent will judge between the high and low, with shield of proof, shield me from out the prees. Of those fierce darts despair at me doth throw, Oh, making me those civil wars to cease. I will good tribute pay if thou do so. Take thou of me smooth pillows, sweetest bed, a chamber deaf to noise and blind of light, a rosy garland and a weary head. And if these things, as being thine by right, move not thy heavy grace, thou shalt in me livelier than elsewhere Stella's image see. Last one. Splendidus longum valedico nugis. Leave me, O love, which reachest but to dust, 
and thou my mind aspire to higher things. Grow rich in that which never taketh rust, whatever fades but fading pleasure brings, draw in thy beams, and humble all thy might, to that sweet yoke where lasting freedoms be, which breaks the clouds and opens forth the light that doth both shine and give us sight to see. O oh, take fast hold, let that light be thy guide, in this small course which birth draws out to death, and think how evil becometh him to slide, who seeketh heaven and comes to heavenly breath. Then farewell world, thy utmost I see, eternal love maintain thy life in me. And that's that one. Very cool. All right. Bunch of poems for you. Hope you liked them. See you tomorrow.